Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott, uh, Kellen Kennedy with you. Reed Wilkins is going to hop in the studio. He's got inside sports coming up tonight. But uh, we're going to talk a little Oilers uh, momentarily, obviously, on a show called Oilers Now. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pasta, and so much more. You can get their new Canadian club sandwich, chicken, ham, bacon, ranch, lettuce, and tomato. Visit royalpizza.ca. The Stoffer recommendations, the Mediterranean chicken. Reed likes the meat lovers. Brendan Escott likes the Texan. Brendan, uh, very quickly, NFL trade deadline, other than the Washington Commanders. Uh, I know none of the Alabama guys got traded because I got them all. So Derrick Henry didn't get moved. Uh, Jerry Judy. There was some belief that maybe Tennessee and uh, Denver would get active there. Anything come late in the day that caught your eye at all? Mm, that's a good question. I think Chase Young was kind of the last big one that yeah. I saw go there as the uh, commanders started pulling pieces off wow. of, of their team. Uh, Montez Sweat going to the Bears a little earlier in the day. I didn't think Minnesota was going to add anybody, or put it this way, if I if I saw that move, it was going to be Ryan Tannehill. Instead, they get Josh Dobbs out of Arizona, who went there for a big cup of coffee and really helped save the start of their season anyway. So now I guess they turn to Clayton yeah. Toon at quarterback in Arizona. They move on toward the absolute bottom of the league. And, uh, yeah, we we pass with a disappointment. And I'll tell you this, just finally, like I was looking on uh, the network today to see if they had some sort of trade deadline special. They don't need one because there's not enough activity. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, what's the average career length 4.2 years. It's just a completely different sport, right? I remember Josh Dobbs. He was in the double Hail Mary game when he played at Tennessee. Georgia threw a touchdown pass with like 30 seconds left and Georgia thought they'd won and then Tennessee ended up getting the ball at midfields and he airmailed one in uh, for a touchdown for Tennessee in the last play of the game and I remember Butch Jones was their coach and did the kneel down right after so there you have it uh, well we'll see what happens uh, we're going to bring aboard Reed Wilkins uh, you had Eli Hetlinger on the show I last. did what did he have to say uh, he's pretty humble. Uh, he gives a lot of credit to his offensive line and to his running back and to his receivers. Yeah. <laughs> he's had a pretty good year himself, though Matthew Peterson, the running back, who we've had on the show this year as well, had a, over 1,100 yards. And remember, it's an eight-game season yeah. in Canada West football. So, yeah, he's excited. I, and I know you went to the game against UBC. He's, he didn't feel he played well in that game. Well, so yeah. he took a lot on himself out of that one. So I'm sure he's looking to bounce back against the Huskies. I told you Mooner and me are going to do the triple header on Saturday, right? We're, we're going to do the Oilers game. Obviously, we're calling it against Nashville, and then we're bringing a change of clothes to uh, Rogers Place, and then we're going to drive over to Footfield and go watch the Golden Bears and the Huskies. I don't think it'll be too cold for that one, will it? I just checked. It's like minus two. So it'll be It'll be almost like the Heritage Classic. Right, and then we're going to go to Claire Drake Arena that night for the second and third period of the Golden Bears. How are the, how's Huskies hockey doing? I, I, think, they're, this I year. think they're playing pretty well. Okay. Yeah, I think they're playing pretty well. Uh, all right, your thoughts. Uh, we've heard from uh, Brendan already on Sam Gagne. What are your thoughts on the Oilers' uh, third tour duty for Sam Gagne? Well, great start in the minors. <laughs> yeah. He was in on a ton of goals, so good for him. They need something from the bottom six, obviously. Gagne, nobody has ever doubted his effort or his hockey IQ, right? So I think, obviously, when he was on some poor Oilers teams, might have been playing a little too high in the lineup or miscast in some roles. But uh, if he can go out there and be efficient, and I heard your interview with him, and 
about evolving and adapting and becoming more of a penalty killer, finding ways to get ice time. So he adds some savvy. He adds some heart. I know that's an intangible, but I still think it counts. He adds some dedication. The players know him. I mean, most of the players know him. It's and, not like, a, and, and like and like him. And uh, I, I think a lot of the fans are going to be pulling for him. Uh, Brendan, we'll get. We'll start with you, and then we'll go to Reed on this. Some of the fans, the the assumption was right away when they saw that Ernie was going on waivers that Raphael Lavoie was going to be recalled, that it wasn't going to be Sam Gagne. What would you say to the people that would say Gagne and Derek Ryan, redundancy, right shots, both older, both undersized by relative to today's NHL standards, though I don't think it matters as much as it used to. Uh, both guys that used to play center that have moved to right wing uh, and neither particularly explosive skaters, and Lavoie would have theoretically provided a different dimension. How, do you, how would you respond to that? Well, when I say I'd say you're absolutely right, but that doesn't accelerate the timeline for a prospect that you've been working on and he is your prospect a second round prospect no less uh, I don't want to break him and I feel like he is so close to being just about matured and ripe in the right way so here's what I'd say is I understand that the first couple of the, se- the weeks have, have um weeks of the season have gone well let's make him continue proving this and maybe in three weeks time he gets the call up all right read same question yeah i i i get that and i i i mean the criticism of the Oilers bottom six is is for the most part relevant if you're talking about do they have enough size do they have enough beef and do they have enough scoring which they certainly haven't this year and one thing i want to talk about on my show tonight is how woodcroft more directly address that today after a win as opposed to hammering on it when they were losing which I think is of note but you only have who you have right now and I, I get why Gagne no, I, first of all I thought oh I wonder if Lavoie's coming up I mean he is AHL player of the week but Gagne is more of a known quantity in the NHL and Our, so, yeah, yeah Reed you mentioned uh, Jay Woodcroft addressed needing more scoring from the bottom six we go back into the orders now audio vault for direct work where here's Jay Woodcroft addressing that very need it is a concern um, and it would be less of a concern if uh, the ice time was in the single digits uh, it's not um, the bottom line for us uh, and this goes back to to Tony's question, is that we want to be a team that comes at groups in waves. So we want to maintain a level of of momentum in terms of um, stacking a good shift on top of a good shift on top of a good shift. Um, Part of that requires, you know, um, some contributions from uh, unusual sources or or not typical sources. Um, Those players uh, in our bottom six, but really because we've been operating with some injuries, we're really, it's really a bottom five. It's not so much a bottom six right now, but the players in that group have to find a way to make sure that they're affecting games um, in, in different manners. Manners. It can be generating momentum. Can come down to big finish checks. It can be a finish or a, a one face off. It could be contributing on special teams. But certainly, finding a way to contribute on on the scoreboard is important as well. So that is concerning. All right, there you have it. That's Jay Woodcroft today. Um, and boy, a lot of it was. Uh, we were down there for a while today, Reed. 
All right, uh, let's do this. We'll start with you. <laughs> well, I I couldn't stay actually. Because how late to... did he finally come out? Oh, I think it was one twenty, and then I. It was one twenty. I think so. Because I left at twelve thirty. Well, I picked something up over in the West End at two. Well, that's a long. One, one, that's a long wait for Yeah, today. I might. Okay. You know what? It might have been one oh five. But it was after one. Okay. Oh yeah, it was definitely after one. Interesting. So, who are you most concerned about? We'll start with you, Reed. Uh, Holloway, McLeod, or Brown? Well, Brown, because a he's the most veter- veteran, and b he's coming off the injury. And I think the longer he goes without scoring, the more the questions are going to come up. Is 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 something nagging him here? Does he lack some sort of explosion, some sort of ability to finish, some sort of ability to get to the net? I do think he had a good game against Calgary, as most of the team did. Yeah. He just didn't put it in the net. I mean, heck, Rob and I had a call uh, after the home loss to the Rangers about w- w- waving him and sending him to the minors so you're you not stuck with the bonus. You know there's no way that's there's happening. There's no chance in hell there's that's no happening. There's no way that's happening. He's, a, he's here to be in the NHL. They need him to be in the NHL. But I mean, we are. I mean, ten percent of the season is gone. So if you want players to score uh, double-digit goals, you got to have at least should one. Have, you'd hope they'd have at least one by now, right? Yeah. yeah. No chance in Halloween that happens. Brendan Escott, for you, who are you most concerned about off that trio in that line? Ryan McLeod has to show me something here. This is phenomenal at this point to me. It's not as if, you know, like I'm expecting reasonable steps forward for a second round pick and it's just like inching forward. Simple things. Making yourself effective as a face-off man. Why do you not spend two months in the summertime with Michael in your parents' backyard or your driveway or whatever it is? face-off guys in the league. I I don't understand how he hasn't been able to use that as a resource because it's something that the Oilers need so badly and you see all the untapped potential there when you watch him fly around the ice and I will maintain that at a glance the guy looks like McDavid because of how he moves there's no reason he's not more effective getting around the ice I had uh, when he came up at the end of the 2021 season I had two players that used to play here text me and say who is that guy seriously like they text me and goes who is number 71? That guy can blank and skate. And he kind of looked like, right now, he kind of looks like the same player he did when he came up. And we're waiting on the finish, right? Like, there's... He's, I, he's I, timid offensively to me, and he still isn't aggressive enough for a six foot three, 205-pounder. And, and yeah. I think that if he was able to ratchet up that... And, and I don't want to say that the competitive factor isn't there. I'm not equating those two things. But for a guy of that frame, I mean, I would pay, I'd pay a lot of money to spend a game with that body frame in the I, NHL running around. Yeah, you know, you know Cam's old saying, right? If they don't bite his pops, they don't bite as dogs his brother has a little bit more physical intensity in him ryan if he put it all together would be the better player because of this i mean and michael's a good skater but ryan mcleod's an explosive skater he's got to remember where he scored from too last year right and the thing is it's not like he's getting eight or nine minutes a game He's playing 15 minutes a game. He was cut down on Sunday. He yeah. was down to 10. Well, and what did they do with something. him? Yeah. What did they do? They sent him a message because they can't healthy scratch him because they got to play everybody. So they rotated McDavid, Drysaddle, and Nugent Hopkins in between Holloway and Brown and then had uh, Ernie and Derek Ryan being centered by Ryan McLeod. And that was a little message sent. So I'm, I, I, I'm going to be really intrigued to see what happens here. I wonder sometimes, Bob, and 
I'm just throwing this out there as a discussion topic because I, I don't know if it applies to McLeod directly, but I'm thinking about it. This is the Oilers are still a team with two of the top offensive players in the league. I mean, they have finished one, two in scoring, so some like literally yeah. McDavid and Drysital. And do, does some of the depth guys still have to go out with their the approach where it's like checking and being strong defensively is not enough? I when I have a, I, I don't have to be reckless. But when I have a chance to make a play, I still got to make the play. I, I, you, you know what I mean? And now, they, even Todd McClellan used to talk about Dreisaitl, telling Leon, Leon, you can be the best player sure. some nights. You can be the first star. Or if Connor's not on your line, let him do his thing. But if he gets two goals, you can try to get three. I mean, Kane has that mentality. Hyman's Hyman. I mean, Nuge is Nuge. So they'll go out there and, and do their thing. I still, and again, I don't know for sure, but I'm just wondering if there sometimes so, some of the younger players might think, well, I'm on the third line with the team and, and with Connor and Leon. How much do I really need to score? So a lot of things went well against Calgary. Okay. Uh-huh. And I love that Kane, again, was physically involved. I wanted. I think that in the playoffs, Bouchard and McLeod have taken a step forward the last two years. It hasn't equated. Bouchard's been a lot better the last two games. He was poor in Philly. He was poor in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, McLeod, like, but I do think in fairness to Bouchard and McLeod, come playoff time, they've taken a step forward. We're waiting for Holloway and Broberg to take a step forward. The game against Calgary the other night, Broberg in the third period, I was a little like I was like okay at some point here man you got to start exerting yourself like you, you shouldn't get knocked on your ass in that game they're not good enough to do that to you you're a six foot four defenseman and I don't mean to sound impatient but part of it is because Darnay yes he scored the goal but he was really good as the Oilers switched and were more aggressive defensively I thought Darnay really sort of exerted himself and I got to tell you I'm a li- I'm not as concerned with Holloway but Broberg on defense I'm sitting there saying. 7D here, uh, you know, Dayernay is what he is. In a perfect world, he's hawk and pop. Brendan, over to you. Here's what concerns me is the more time that other teams see Broberg underperforming, the less value he be, uh, retains up toward the trade deadlines. So this is a case study. And, you know, you want to keep playing him. You want to keep help, giving him opportunities to grow, despite the fact that it's it's tough to learn in the NHL. But my goodness, is his star ever starting to dim? Okay, so to tie this back to what I was talking about and I'll, I'll 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 use a slightly different phrase here. Do the Oilers um, could could some of those players use more of a Deharnay mentality, where he knows if he has a couple bad games, he may never play in the NHL again. You know what? What was the old Matt Hendricks saying? He's like, I'm about ten bad shifts away from I, spending I, the I, next five hundred games. And even today, Deharnay, I, I asked. You know, he he had some kind of jovial, up-tempo, positive clips about the goal. And then I said, you know, a couple of weeks ago, you guys were talking about getting more pucks through, more more bodies to the net. And I said, you had three goals where a guy just shot from the perimeter, including yours, and they either went in or, or resulted in rebounds that went in. And DeHarnay said, Vander Kane tells me all the time, Vinny, get it through, get it through, get it through. We'll tip it, we'll tip it, we'll tip it. So that's a defensive defenseman. But realizing when the puck's on his stick, he has to embrace that, that that's his job to get it through, right? So It's it's interesting with Broberg. To me, he looks like the the more minutes he plays, the better he looks. He doesn't look like a guy that can excel playing 10 to to, to 13 minutes. He's had his best games when he's played 20 to 22 minutes. It's strange. It's a strange... and 
It's starting. It, I, I, Brandon, I'm a little bit on. I'm a little bit leaning. Like I believed in this guy a lot. I thought there'd be a more progressive step. All right, Reed, you've got inside sports. What do you got shaking? I have to sneeze, Bob. Hang on. Okay. That is absolutely legendary. Every so often, it's better than sneezing into a mic. Hey, Brendan, Brendan, at least he didn't have a hour-long sneezing f- uh, fit on a plane flight back from Philadelphia, where he stretched his. Uh, a chest cartilage and went in the next day and had to get a battery of test done because one of the fellow broad you better go in there man we don't need you to have a ripper right now and I'm like I'm serious and, and so we're sitting there they run the full battery everything's fine the resting heart rate the pulse all that stuff and I'm doing the flexibility stuff and look at me I, when you think of flexibility you think of me and then at the end uh, the question gets asked, did you happen to have a sneezing fit or anything in the last week or two? And I go, yeah, didn't you hear me last night on the plane? I sneezed nonstop for an hour. And I, he goes, were you suppressing your sneezes? And I go, yeah. He goes, oh, that's that can be bad on your chest. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I had a little bit of an allergic reaction to something. Anyway, sorry about that. It's uh, okay. Just don't Kelly, st- <laughs> Kelly Rudy's on tonight. We'll hear some comments from Vinny and Woody and... Talk some Oilers. Keep you updated on the hockey games on the World Series. There, what do you have on it? What is the score anyway? It's five nothing. Oh my Texas. goodness! So there so, you go. Well, they won nine in a row on the road. They're good. Jeez. Jeez. There you go. When we come back uh, this day in Oilers history, and I will have a story about that because it ties into Halloween. Six fifty one in Edmonton. You're listening to Oilers now. This day in Oilers history for New West Travel. Join the three-night Montreal road trip with a private suite for the Oilers versus the Habs. The game takes place in January. We've already sold out one suite. We're going to sell out another one. Visit newwesttravel.com. On this date in 1995, what is that, Brendan, 28 years ago? 28 years ago, yeah. That's right. Uh, In a matchup fit for a Halloween backdrop, the Oilers beat the defending Stanley Cup champion New Jersey Devils 2-1 at Edmonton Coliseum. They got goals from Jason Arnott, who went on to be a devil, I believe, or did he come over from there? No, that was was before he was traded there, yeah. Okay, okay. And Billy Ranford made 39 saves for the Oil. But the most horrifying part of this game... Five obstruction penalties are called. Welcome to the dead puck era. Guess what I was doing? Font cord and stats for New Jersey. And one of my graphics was Shayton in the house. Miroslav Satan, Miroslav Shaitan was playing for the Edmonton Oilers at that time on Halloween. That's good. Smoking cigar because Zidano Seeger was with the team. And away you go, right? So, yeah, they won that one. I, re- I remember the two guys, Roland and Joe, were there, and they fought the entire game in the truck. They were like uh, the Bickerstaffs. Used to, we used to have these old radio shows on 630 Jet before we moved to whatever. Well, what do we got now after 8, the shift or something? And uh, they argued like a married couple, and they were together for years. These, these, the producer, every time Roland say, ah, there he is. I knew you were going to end up being on the radio. I knew you were going to be good when you were doing my graphics and stats. What was that game? And that was a game. There we go. That game was not a thriller. Again, drive safely out there, especially when you're in the residential parts to the city. Tomorrow, I will be in Vermilion at the Boston Pizza. Our guests will include Elliot Friedman for Abe's Door Service, John Shannon for Legacy Heating and Cooling, Kevin Lowe and Ladislav Schmid will join us as well. Reed Wilkins has Inside Sports 7 to 8. Up next, the Global News Weather Traffic Update with James Dunn. So long, everybody.